0: Hello dear friends, this is Honey D starting the first lesson for English lovers on the topic of parts of speech. And you can find my more audios on anchor.fm slash English lover. So here we go. The topic today we have is the parts of speech. In this audio, I'll talk about all the parts of speech in brief and after the completion of this episode you're gonna find more audios on the topics of parts of speech separately on every single section under it so basically the words are divided into eight classes and those eight classes actually are the parts of speech. Noun, pronoun, verb, adjective, adverb, preposition, conjunction, and last but not the least, interjection. These eight classes of words are used to form all manners of speech and hence they are called parts of speech. To begin with, I would take the topic of the first part of speech, that is, a noun. A noun, we all know as given in different grammars, is the name of a person, place, or thing, or any idea. But, to make it more simple, I would like to add something, that noun is a word which is a name given to every particle, every person, every human being, every of the creature that comes on this very planet earth. Whichever thing has a name will be a noun, anything, any person, any of the place, any any of the entity which has a name would be called as a noun. So, for example, if I'll talk about Chandigarh, which is a very beautiful city in India, is also an example of a noun because it's a name of a place. Similarly, if I'll talk about my name honey this is also a name given to a particular person so it will also be a noun i won't talk about the classes of the noun in this particular audio i'll just mention all the parts of speech in my first audio and further I'll divide all the sections and the episodes into 8 parts expressing every of the parts of speech at length. So, here we have talked about first of all the noun. So basically what noun is? Noun is a word used as a name of person, place or thing. Any city's name, any dog's name. Even the dog is also designated as a name given to one particular animal. Animal itself is a name given to some kind of creature. Creature itself is a word as a noun. So all those words which are actually designated as a name for something some person, some place would be called as noun. Then second part of speech I'm gonna talk about is pronoun. So, when we talk about a noun, we can't repeat the noun again and again as a subject. And even as various others grammatical term. Do Just make this boring stuff interesting. To make our sentences more interesting. We use word pronoun. Pronoun itself means in the place of noun. So the word used in the place of the noun is known as pronoun. Like for example, if I'll say honey teaches English on anchor.com. Then, this sentence, the first sentence will carry honey as its subject. But, for the second time, I won't use it if I want to add some kind of personality trait or I want to say something about the person who is teaching. If I'll say, honey is teaching or honey teaches English at com, then... For the second time, I won't use "honey." I will use a pronoun for a male category, as we know that "honey" can be a name of a male. It can be of a name of a female, but here I'm talking about me, so it'll be the name of a male. So for for male, we use "he" for the singular person. That's an example for the pronoun. And the third part of speech that I'm going to talk about is Adjective. An adjective is a word which qualifies a noun or pronoun. In simple terms, it means it adds something to the meaning of noun or pronoun. Adjective can be taken to be called as the quality added to a noun or a pronoun like the big garden is full of beautiful flowers he is tall he is very charming she looks quite beautiful all these words which tells about the quality of the person then Those words would be called as adjective. Then comes the fourth part of speech, that is a verb. The verb has its further categories. It has two categories. One is auxiliary verbs and the second is action verbs. But here, I am defining the verb only. Then I'll say a verb is a word used to say something about a person, place, or thing, or says something about the state of the person or anything. It mentions the action happens in a sentence or a statement. Like, for example, if I say, The dog ran towards his. Master, Here the word, the dog ran, the ran word shows its action, the dog's action. But somehow in the sentence I personify the dog by saying his. So most of the time we use it for the dogs but here I use his. But that is not the cause of concern. The cause of concern is the verb, the action. So the action was running. So second form of verb, that is past form of verb, has been used in the sentence, The dog ran towards his master. Then comes the fifth part of speech, that is an adverb. What is an adverb? Adverb is a word used to modify, make some changes which means in a verb, an adjective or another adverb. That is, to add something to the meaning of the verb. An adverb or one adjective more adjective it can be but in the simple term when we get the answer of why when where how in the sentence that means there we are using adverb like he came quickly here we got the answer of how he came so here it qualifies a verb In the second sentence, he did it very quickly. How quickly? Very quickly. Here, one adverb is qualifying the another one. Here, quickly is uh, qualifying very. And that very is uh, qualifying, very quickly is qualifying did, how it did, how he did it. Then we have one more example. She's very good. So here the word "very" is qualifying "good." So "good" is adjective. So it is qualifying. "Very" is qualifying "good." Here. So this is one of the example for the adverb. Then comes the sixth parts of speech. Sixth part of speech is preposition. A preposition is a word used before a noun or a pronoun to show some relation between the noun or the pronoun and some other words in the sentence. But it is not mandatory that the preposition will always come before a noun or a pronoun. A position varies in some of the cases. And I'll explain those cases in my further audios. For example, if I say he sat on the chair, the chair here is a noun. And on is the preposition placed before a chair, that is a noun. That means a preposition is a word used before a noun or a pronoun show its relation between the noun and the pronoun and some other words like it shows a relation between the che and he said then the seventh part of speech is conjunction the conjunction is a very important concept of grammar because its second name is connector because it's a very important To connect the ideas. So we use conjunction in various places. And this conjunction can be used in essay writing. To combine the phrases. To combine the words. To combine the sentences. And their use depends upon the kinds of sentences we are combining. So for example if I say. He is good, but he has lost. So here I have used the adversative conjunction to make the opposition of one statement to the other. So in case one statement opposed to the other, we use the adversative conjunction. But I'll explain the conjunction chapter in my separate audio. You're going to hear those. We audios as well as this particular chapter conjunction then the last but not the least is the interjection that interjection is a word used to express some sudden feeling your expression comes through these words especially hurrah, bravo alas, oh where hurrah says we are enjoying we are at the The expression of joy, we are expressing the expression of joy. And bravo shows that somebody is applauding or enjoying hair also. But the word oh shows the wish. And alas shows the sadness. So all these words are parts of speech. And these parts of speech helps us a lot in making the sentences And if we don't know these parts of speech, we'll definitely be poor in the grammatical skill, especially in English grammar. So there are various examples that which can help us to understand these parts of speech. Here I'll take a few of those. His machine has ceased to work. Here the word his machine. Is, a combination, is in the combination where his is a possessive adjective. Machine is a noun. And it is acting as a subject in the sentence. And the full sentence is his machine has ceased to work. And the second part of the sentence is has. Has here is working as. The helping verb or the auxiliary verb which depends upon the subject because it is has, we have to have the singular subject we have the singular subject thus we have has here is in the sentence as a helping verb and the next word is seized. Seized is the main verb or the action verb. And then to work. To work is the infinitive verb. So all these words are somehow expressing every of the parts of speech. Whereas to work is the combination of a preposition and the word noun. So all the words in the sentence, uh, sentence are the parts of the speech but it depends upon our thinking that how we see a sentence. Thank you very much to hear me and you're gonna definitely enjoy my further audios as I'm going to provide you all the parts of speech at length in detail and moreover i'll tell you and help you out in various other activities like how to write how to speak and how to read thank you and have a nice day signing out honey d hello dear friends this is honey d with the second lesson on the topic of Noun and the Kinds of Noun. In the previous lesson, we studied all the parts of speech in brief. But now, I am with my second lesson which is the first topic of the parts of speech. The Noun. The Noun with its Kinds. In the previous lesson, we defined the noun. I'll define it for you again so that you can understand it once more so the definition for noun is a noun is a word which names a person place or a thing here you have to notice a very important thing that the word thing includes all the things that we can perceive by our very senses that we can see, that we can hear, that we can touch or taste and smell and also all the things that we can think of like beauty, bravery, honesty, truth, sleep, death, etc. All these things comes under the category of Noun. So, let's talk more about the kinds of Noun. In grammar, we have five kinds of Noun specially. We have a proper Noun, a common Noun, a collective abstract and material nouns. So what is a proper noun? The proper noun denotes a particular person, place or thing. For example, honey, Italy or the river Indus. Then we have the second kind of noun, that is, common noun. Common noun being different from the proper noun, as in the proper noun we use the, the word for the particular person, place, or thing. Here we talk about a class of object. The common noun denotes a class of objects. Things, persons, any of the thing desk, table, room, chair, boy, man, and the lion are few of the examples for the common noun. Then comes the third kind of noun that is collective noun. So the word collective itself signifies what would be the meaning of collective noun. The noun denoting several persons or things regarded as one group is known as collective noun. For example, you're gonna have jury, committee, audience, class, army, And various other collective things like flock or company, police, and various other occupations can be into that category. Abstract noun. This is the fourth category of the noun. Denoting a quality, action or state. Something which we cannot see, which we cannot touch, but we can feel. For example, the goodness of somebody. For example, the truth. Or honesty. Laughter. Sleep, all other qualities like bravery, we can feel the bravery but we cannot touch it, the honesty and again there are various other examples for the same which we can feel but you have to keep in mind the things which we cannot see and which we cannot touch like covered ice, fear, all these words are the examples for the abstract noun. Then comes the last one, it is material noun. It denotes a substance of which things are made, like for example we make uh, the jewelry by gold we use mud in various other purposes we use paper to make a notebook we use silk to make clothes and rice is one of the material noun too Then, we can have more about these nouns. The proper collective abstract and material nouns can also be used as common nouns. Then, they may may or may be used in the plural number. Or have an article placed before them if we are using them as a common noun <clears throat> sorry I repeat that we can use one article before them or we can use them in the plural number for example Rustam was a brave soldier here Rustam is the name of of a soldier. So, the Rustam is a proper noun. Whereas, in the second example, singh was the Rustam of India. Here the word Rustam, which was the proper noun in the first sentence have become the common noun. Because, here the proper noun is singh and Its common noun becomes Rustum. Then various other examples are there too. We are proud of our army. Here it is the army word uh, tells us about the collective noun. Whereas if we say the armies were ordered to retreat. The armies. Here the article the is used before the armies. So here the word armies became, became one particular common noun. Then comes the next sentence, death keeps no calendar. Here the word says death keeps no calendar. The word death here signifies abstract noun. Whereas, if we are gonna use some kind of um, indefinite pronoun also, like for example, several deaths are reported from the city here, the deaths deaths, uh, became um, a common noun. In some cases, the abstract noun is used in the sense of a collective noun, for example, the youth of the city the youth of the city welcomed him welcome the minister it can be any of the example but the youth generally signifies its abstract noun but here in the example it signifies the collection of the youngsters of one particular city welcome the minister so here the youth word signifies collective noun. The manhood of a country is trained by war. So her manhood is again, again one, one abstract noun. What we think, but in the sentence it becomes clear the manhood of a country. That means the citizens of. A country so all those citizens uh, are actually collected in the word manhood so that's why this manhood is a collective noun then we have one more clause that a collective noun as a subject takes a singular verb it is very important to be known that The army is on its march. The jury is deciding about, like making a decision. Then we have one more clause under the same clause. Then, in case, in case, when the collective noun refers to the members of the group individually, It takes a plural verb like if they are divided into their in, in their opinion sorry if they are divided in their opinion then definitely they are separated from each other like the jury were divided in their opinion that means there was some clash between the jury members okay so That the jury were having lunch. One more example is there. So, in case uh, it refers to the member of the group individually. So, it can take plural verb. But in case it is talking about the collection of one. Then it will take uh, the singular verb. So, it's all about the noun and its kinds of the noun. So, you're going to check out more audios further about the parts of speech this is honey d signing out thank you and have a nice day hello my dear friends this is honey d with his third lesson on the topic of pronouns what are pronouns how we define them and how we mean them. Pronouns are the words in the combination of pro plus noun, which means in the place of noun. So for the definition, the pronoun takes a place of a noun to name people, places, things, or ideas. Basically, we divide the pronouns into various other types Because all the pronouns cannot be called as the same pronoun. They are used in the place of the noun different way. In a different way we use them, so they have their different kinds. We sometimes use the pronouns in the subjective place and sometimes we use them in the objective place. Not only based on that, we have other pronouns like personal pronouns, possessive pronouns, Reflexive pronouns, indefinite pronouns, demonstrative pronouns, and interrogative pronouns. We have various other categories, which are coming out only because we want to resolute them into the simplest of their meaning. So we are not going to go into the depth of that. We are going to just talk about the main pronouns that are existing in the grammar. There would be many other cases like the people must have divided the pronouns accordingly them but these pronouns are those one which we cannot ignore. So let's start with the first pronoun. The first pronoun that I'm gonna talk about is a personal pronoun. Personal pronouns are those pronouns which actually tell us about the person's things specifically like as a word itself suggests personal pronoun itself means the pronouns talking about the persons so we can divide the personal pronouns into three categories one that is a first person pronoun second that is that second person pronoun And then the last one is the third person pronoun We have some of the example for the first person That is I, me, we and us In the first person pronoun And for the second person we have You and again you So that. I'll mention that how I have explained those I have given the example of Like I and me I would be the personal pronoun In the subjective case And me will be the objective form of I And second example I gave Was of we We is the first person pronoun But it's objective uh, Uh, usage um, will turn it into us so we will change into us I will change into me that is the first person pronoun and the second person I told you you that would be same in case of the like subjects place and for the objective place the you will be used again and for the third person pronoun we have he she it they and these uh, pronouns will have their objective cases respectively him her it them like he will have its objective case him she will have her as its objective place and they will get they would uh, will get them as a objective place so all these are personal pronouns then comes a the second ca- category of the pronoun that is the possessive pronoun possessive pronoun is a combination of possession and the pronoun so these pronouns used to show the ownership ownership the possession but they never have an apostrophe like whenever we we'll use the possessive pronoun we never use apostrophe along with them so various examples are there that we can use the possessive pronoun like my mine your yours his her hers its uh, ours their theirs so all these pronouns I'll repeat once more. My, mine, your, yours, his, her, hers, its, a, ours, their, theirs. All these are example for the examples for the possessive possessive pronoun. But don't uh, misuse the possessive pronoun for possessive adjective like. I'll give you the ad, adjectives example as well as the pronouns uh, example. Like you have to mention that one. Like those are his pencils. Those are his pencils. His the word his is the here possessive adjective showing that the 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 it is used before the pencils. So, uh, here we are getting to know about that the pencils are actually qualifying. It is uh, The word his is qualifying the pencils. So, we can say that here his is the possessive adjective. Whereas, if we use uh, these words like um, like your his, her and other of these words with the, with, the, with the helping verb rather than the noun, then we can say that, that those are possessive pronouns rather than the possessive adjective. Possessive adjective will be in the case when the noun is there along with the, the, the word and if there is a helping verb along with that, then, that would be possessive pronoun. So, we have the third third kind of uh, uh, pronoun that is, I think, uh, reflexive uh, pronoun. We have reflexive pronoun as a third category. Then, what is reflection? Reflection means when you... When, whenever you see yourself in the mirror You're gonna see that You're seeing your reflection That means you are, you're seeing yourself So there you're gonna, you're gonna understand What would be the reflexive pronouns Like the pronouns uh, That have self Or selves Added to the end Would be the reflexive pronouns Like Yourself Himself myself itself but you need to understand with the pronouns the personal pronouns which are having their plural form there would be s e l v e s but for the singular one we'll use only s e l f so that would be the the identification for the the singular a personal pronoun to be reflexive or the plural uh, personal pronoun to be reflexive if we are using the personal pronoun singular we'll use S E L F I repeat then if we use for the plural uh, personal pronoun as reflexive pronoun in the objectives case then there we'll use S E L V E S then we have the fourth category that is indefinite pronoun indefinite itself suggests that something which is uh not specific like which is not definite so when we are not definite about the number uh of the the persons we talk about or the things we talk about then that would be indefinite one so indefinite pronouns are. Uh, various in English grammar so we have some of the examples for you like someone this word someone does not suggest like who is that someone so that's why it is indefinite one so like same words are that someone somebody anyone anybody each either none both many few several one everyone no one either neither and the last one is each like they like i'll repeat once more the someone somebody anybody anyone each either none both few several everyone many no one one each neither either again So, these are the examples which we can identify. Like, if we want to um, get some other distributive pronouns out of those, then those distributive pronouns can be taken from the indefinite pronoun, like either, neither, each, every. All these words are distributive pronouns. So, we can get those pronouns out, but to get them into one particular category we can call them indefinite one because we are not definite about the person there whereas when we talk about the distributive pronoun then the distributive pronoun will say that that the choice that we make so there again um i would say that you need to have few categories in the mind so that you can memorize memorize those all categories so indefinite pronoun you keep in mind don't worry about the distributive one so that is that comes in the category of the indefinite here so then comes up fifth category that is demonstrative pronoun so here we we try to confuse the demonstrative pronoun with the demonstrative adjective the same notion you have to follow that the pronoun will be followed with the helping verb and then the adjective demonstrative adjective will always be with a noun like for example these lemons are so these lemons are so the lemons are the noun so here these is like what we say the demonstrative adjective but when we say these are your friends these are your friends there you can understand that is demonstrative pronoun so Some of the words that are in the category of the demonstrative pronoun, those are this, that, these, those. This will be used when the thing is singular, but the thing is near to you. When the thing is near to you and is singular in the form, then we are going to use this, that. Like, for example, I carry the two pens or single pen first of all, like if i'll carry one single pen and it is quite near to my body then i'll say that this is my pen but if it is far away from my body and then i'll just demonstrate towards it and i'll point it towards it then i'll say that that is my pen but if the things become plural like if the pens become plural then i'll say these are my pens I'll say these are my pens because the things are near to me and are in plural form. But if those things are going to be away from my body and those are plural in the form, then definitely I'll use those for the pens. Then comes the last category that is interrogative pronoun interrogative pronoun as i told you can also be you know misused in the place of interrogative adjective interrogative adjective will always be with a noun interrogative adjective will have the next word always as the noun like if i say which shoes which shoes are mine Like here shoes is the next word, then what what is shoes here, which shoes are mine, shoes here are noun, the common noun and which is attached to that and is following the shoes. So which will be here interrogative adjective but not the interrogative pronoun. It will be interrogative pronoun if I say the same statement like which are my shoes. Like here which is used with the helping verb, there which will become the integrative pronoun but not the interrogative adjective. So all these categories like first of all the personal pronoun, uh, the possessive pronoun, reflexive pronoun, indefinite pronoun, demonstrative pronoun and interrogative pronoun are the basic kinds after pronouns that we find in english grammar so uh, we use the uh, personal pronouns in the subjective and objective case uh, as i have explained but you just check out some more um, audios for the same like i don't say that you rely on only these pronouns you search out on internet you have the google uh, search engine you have various other engines if you if you have Access to the internet, then you just search out all the kinds of pronoun and be profound with the knowledge about English grammar. This is Honey D. Thank you very much. Signing out, bye bye. Hello there, this is Honey D once more on the same day, but different kind of audio, not based on the grammar, but on the confidence. This is an audio representing how to boost the confidence to speak. During my childhood I used these kinds of exercises that I am mentioning for you to do. The students, the kids, the children, the learners who suffer a lot while talking to anybody, while talking to strangers, they find it hard that how can they start a conversation before starting the conversation I'll suggest some kind of solutions to you that you have to work on those tips and as you're gonna work that you're going to find it very easy for you to just tackle all those problems that you find really hard to solve then The first tip that I'm mentioning today is the mirror exercise. The mirror exercise is based on your confidence to to talk to yourself. If you have the confidence to see yourself uh, in the mirror, uh, there would be many benefits. First of all, there would be the only listener available that is you and there won't be anybody else. Second thing that you're going to notice your gestures, the way you speak, the way you pronunciate the words. You're going to correct yourself a lot when you're going to see yourself in the mirror. So that is going to help you a lot when you're going to be very much uh, in an ideal state or uh, you're going to be very very much free from your other course or some kind of, uh, um, you know, it, it, it would be a, some kind of hobby, I would say that it'll be definitely be a great help to you if you're gonna see yourself in the mirror and I won't say that you're gonna see yourself in the mirror you're gonna see one more character talking to you you can consider your friend you can consider it to be a father you can consider it to be a mother it can be any after personality you're gonna consider the person and you're gonna speak just confidently and you're gonna talk First of all, small statements and then the bigger ones, then the longer ones. The statements going to be more complex as you're going to increase the number of days for the same exercise. You're going to find it really helpful. It is really going to be a great task for you if you really want to improve your confidence. If you really want to boost up your confidence to speak in front of the strangers because you're going to assume only that whom you're going to talk to whether it is a shopkeeper or is uh, any of the advocate or the judge or any other member of your family you can consider them then you can speak to them you are definitely gonna get some kind of attitude which is really gonna be helpful to you as well as to the listeners who're gonna Listen to your tale thereafter that how you have increased and boost up your confidence to speak. Second point I'll tell you that make a group of friends and those friends won't be your own age friends. You're going to make the friends from the children because the children learn a lot. If you're already a child, then definitely you're going to learn a lot you're gonna learn from other children make a group of your friends and definitely you're gonna just spotify you're gonna just uh, example them you're gonna illustrate them uh, what you um, imagine what you ponder over and then definitely your group is going to be very much happy to be in such a company and you're gonna uh talk about chit chats you're going to gossip you're going to talk about the topics that are related to you definitely it would be a benefit um it it cannot stop you to talk because when you are going to have your your each uh, children along with you then definitely it, it it would be a plus point to you that you are not going to stop talking then the third point i'll mention that is you make your podcast or join some kind of podcast talking then definitely when you're gonna to talk to the stranger online then it would boost up your confidence the first one that I mentioned is the best one so idea is to get yourself heard and get the feedback if you get the ba- better feedback or the bitter feedback don't get embarrassed about it You feel happy about it because failure, the person who can face the failures are the failures can get successful because they know the taste of getting failed and more you're going to fail, more you're going to have lessons in life. More you're going to fail, then more you're going to have lessons in life, but learn from those lessons. Don't repeat your mistakes and keep just increasing your confidence. Boosting up your confidence to talk to your own, first of all, when your conscious will have the confidence to talk to your own self, then definitely you're gonna have the confidence to talk to anybody around the world. Thank you. Signing off. Bye bye. Hello, dear friends. This is Honey D with his fourth lesson. On the topic of adjective and its kinds. So, what is an adjective? An adjective is a quality, an adjective is somebody's trait. It's about somebody, it's about adding a quality to somebody. So, the adjective is very important. Because if we want to add something to somebody, we will use adjective. We want to say something more about somebody. We want to add some qualities, some bad habits, some good things, some bad things. All those things can be adhesive only when we use adjective with That particular noun or the pronoun. So, what is an adjective? An adjective is a word which describes or adds something to the meaning of noun or a pronoun. For example, in the sentence John is a naughty boy. John is a naughty boy so the word boy here we know that is a common noun for John and what word and which word is describing the boy like what kind of boy the John is he is a naughty boy so the word naughty is describing the noun boy so, as the definition of adjective is, it means something which describes a noun or the pronoun would be an adjective. So, the word naughty is an adjective. There would be number of expressions that a human being used to use while expressing his you know, emotions. The words uh, are... Various, I'll name some of those like unsatisfied. Human beings are unsatisfied creatures because they don't know how to be contented. So the word unsatisfied creature, the the combination of the word unsatisfied creature is the combination of adjective plus noun. It doesn't mean that the no- uh, like adjective will always be placed with a noun. It can be at the end. It can be anywhere, but it doesn't uh, mean that uh, you're going to consider that adjective can be placed anywhere. Because basically, we try to mingle up the two concepts, pronoun and the adjective. To define them separately, we say that It describes a noun or a pronoun. It adds something to the meaning of a noun or a pronoun. It can add something to the meaning of a noun or a pronoun, staying away from it too and being close to it too. So there are various words which express um, somebody's, you know, joy. Like how? Unsatisfied, I told you. Frustrated. Frustrated. Who is frustrated the person who will get bored the person who will get bored will get frustrated he like suppose we are giving the example he is a he is a frustrated person so the person is a noun and the frustrated is the uh, like adjective added to the the person so he's a frustrated human being so or the person unsatisfied frustrated angry if i say he is angry you're going to say that that angry is not carrying the noun but angry is about the pronoun here he he is angry that means the adjective can be placed without the noun also but in case it is not with the noun it must be describing the pronoun so the angry is also one of the adjective that we have surprised or satisfied, happy, overjoyed. Pensive. Pensive means like in the low tone or we can say that in a low mood or in a, in a very sad mood. Concentration. Concentration is... Not an adjective. Concentrated is the adjective. adjective, Sorry. Then puzzled, baffled, doubtful, stressed, excited, indifferent. All these words actually are describing somebody's adjectivity. So all these words can be used various in in the various ways, okay, like uh, we can use angry, like uh, in the sentence, my mother was angry on me. Another illustration you can uh, use like, um, he is stressed after uh, a lot and lots of work. So all these words basically are describing the quality or add something uh, to the noun or the pronoun. So that is the basic thing that we need to keep in mind while understanding the concept of adjective. Then thereafter we have the kinds of adjective because all the adjectives cannot be um, compacted or we can say that put into one box of adjectives. All the adjectives have their, their different genres or their journals are different and, and definitely we are going to talk about all those five kinds like uh, first of all the uh, one of the f- uh, first kind like uh, is adjective of quality so what is adjective of quality? So as a word suggests the quality The quality word says that it it would be definitely a quality Quality uh, or the kind of person somebody is So the first kind of adjective out of those five types of um, adjectives Is the adjective of quality What is the adjective of quality? The words which are used to describe about the kind or the quality of a noun are known as the adjectives of quality. Like for example, um, Desdemona was a beautiful girl. Desdemona, you know, one of the characters of uh, like uh, that Othello's play. Like Othello... A like uh, is the main leading character in the play written by William Shakespeare so Othello was not that uh, good enough um, as far as the appearance uh, was concerned but the Desdemona was quite beautiful so uh, we said Desdemona was a beautiful girl was a beautiful girl what kind of girl she is she she is a beautiful girl the kind the word kind here signifies that it is the adjective of quality so in case we want to uh, explain it differently if we take the example of she is a beautiful girl we can say that the word she is a pronoun here which represents a noun like obviously pronoun is used in the place of a noun she we are going to consider Uh, to the testimonial for example and the word beautiful is an adjective here the adjectives explain like here one adjective beautiful is explaining here and adding more information about the noun in terms of its kind hence it is called as the adjective of quality then comes the second category of the adjective, that is the adjective of quantity. Quantity, what is quantity? Quantity means like how much of something. The words which shows the quantity of the thing, like how much the thing is. For the noun, needed for the noun. Like the which the words which shows the quantity of thing. Needed for a noun are known as adjectives of quantity, like for example, um, I need some sugar. Sugar here we know that is uh, the noun, and uh, some here won't be for the number of things but would be for the quantity because sugar can be uh, in the quantity, so uh, some here signifies the adjective of quantity how much of sugar we need so uh, what is adjective of quantity once more the words which shows the quantity of thing needed for a noun are known as the adjectives of quantity like for example take great care of your health great care Care here is a noun Care is a noun um, And we can say that it is abstract noun Which cannot be touched but can be felt only Cannot be seen also but can be felt only Let Somebody is caring So here caring becomes the adjective Care remains the uh, noun And the great word in the sentence take a great care care of your health the great word signifies the amount of care you should take the take care of your health is a simple one when we say take great care of your health becomes something uh, like we are using some adjectivity in that and it, it looks emphatic the sentence look looks emphatic so, uh, the kia the here, here is great. So, the great word is signifying uh, quantity. If we say he is a great man, here great won't be the quantity. Here the great would be the quality. One word can have different other meanings. But we have to see that how the usage of uh, the word has been you know, um, done in the in the sentence. Like the third category of adjective comes, the adjective of number. Number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like first ten, like uh, countings. Like one to four, from one to ten we used to do in our nursery class, and uh, then ten to twenty we learn in the nursery class but thereafter number of digits we learn and if we get those numbers on our finger for a noun okay like if we get the number of the nouns how much of the noun, how how many of the noun Like like in the quantity it was how much here it would be how many Words which are used to express how many of the noun are known as the adjectives of number. Like, I have taught you many things. The things here would be the noun and the many word would be the adjective of number. So, uh, the numerals are divided. Like adjective of number is divided into um, basically three types. Like definite numeral adjectives. Then indefinite numeral adjectives. Then distributive numeral adjectives. What are definite numeral adjectives? The words which express the exact number. Are known as the definite numeral adjectives. There are two types of the definite numeral adjectives. Those would be cardinals, like one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, then ordinals, first, second, third. These are definite numeral adjectives. Okay, so for example, he came first in his class. Here, first word is also. Um, like it's, it's, it's from the category of ordinal so we're gonna say that it is also one of the kind of the definite numeral adjective and then we say like in case we say I have two pens then it is from the cardinals then we have second kind of uh, uh, number adjective that is indefinite numeral adjective Indefinite which we cannot define, like which we cannot say that how many are there, but we can say like some, few, many, no, all, any, several, certain. The words which do not express the exact quantity are known as indefinite neural adjectives. So I gave you the examples. Like, now I'll give you one more example for... Uh, the indefinite numeral adjective like uh, all Indians are my brothers and sisters I'm not mentioning the number I'm mentioning all Indians indefinite one indefinite numeral We, I can't tell you the exact number exact if I am unable to tell you the exact number that means I'm using indefinite numeral adjective with a noun so then comes uh, the third category in the numeral adjective or number adjective that is the distributive numeral adjective the words which points out or describes a noun one at a time one at a time are known as distributive numeral adjectives so, uh, when we use the words like either, neither, each, every, all these words are actually distributive words. So, uh, what they actually points out, they points out or describes nouns noun one at a time. Whenever we say each, each means every single, we, when we say every, uh, like Again, we say every one of them. So, that means we are talking about one at a particular time. One at a time. So, that would be the distributive numeral adjective. I will give you the example. Either pen will do. Like, either pen will do. You have a choice here. Either pen will do. Like, if there are two pens. Like, either pen will do. One at a time like the word either is the adjective used to point out one noun from the group of nouns either pen will do okay then comes next category that is demonstrative adjective i told you so we try to mingle up the two concepts demonstrative adjective and demonstrative pronoun demonstrative pronoun will be used with the helping verb but demonstrative adjectives will always be with the with the noun because they describe about the noun the words which are used to point any noun in particular are known as demonstrative adjectives some of the demonstrative adjectives are these this those that such etc Like for example, if I say such boys uh, should not be entertained into the class. Such boys. Such boys I'm trying to point out to some particular category. I'm pointing out somebody. So when I'm pointing out, um, the concept will remain the same for this, that, these, those. uh, As I have told in the pronoun uh, concept. Like this will be used when the thing is quite near to you. And is singular that is used when the thing is singular and but uh, and it is uh, away from you. Those will be used when the thing is away from you but plural, and these will be used when the things are plural but near to you. So in this way we are going to use the demonstrative adjective too, but keep in mind the adjective will be having the noun along with it in case we we want to uh, say that it is the demonstrative adjective then one noun should always be with the demonstrative adjective if there is helping verb that means that demonstrative adjective is not not demonstrative adjective but demonstrative pronoun then comes the last category uh, that is interrogative uh, adjective interrogative adjective um, uh, are also uh, like one and the same way we used to mix them up. like interrogative adjective uh, would be those uh, WH words which are used to ask questions but uh, those would be along with the noun, not with the helping verb. If those are with the helping verb then those would be the interrogative pronoun but if those are with the noun, if those are with the noun or a pronoun then we are going to say that that is interrogative adjective if those are with the helping verb then those are with uh, those are going to be called as interrogative uh, pronoun and if those are with the noun or a pronoun then uh, those wh words would be called as interrogative adjective for example like all the wh words what what which, whose, whom, whatever words we are using. Like, if I say whose book is it in this one, we used whose book, book is along with whose. So, here, book is the noun, and whose is used along with the book. So, that's why I told you whose book, book is a noun, and something which is qualifying it is whose. So, there we can say that wh word. Is carrying the noun along with it. So it can be called as interrogative adjective. But not interrogative pronoun. If we want to say it to be. uh, Interrogative pronoun. How we are going to say it. Like. Who. Is. The owner of the book. Who is the. owner of the book. Like helping verb comes. Earlier. So. That would be interrogative pronoun. So, in this sentence, whose book is it? The word whose is an adjective which is used to question the ownership of the noun. In this case, is the book. So, you have to keep in mind that adjective of number and adjective of quantity depends on the usage in the sentence hope you guys have a great learning keep on hearing my audios thank you very much for hearing me and if you're gonna hear me then definitely it, it will definitely motivate me and if you're gonna give me some feedback and uh, I'll bring more and more videos on YouTube as well as audios on these podcasts or whatever app you're using my audios will be available there and I'll try to make my videos on YouTube. So kindly give me the feedback also. Thank you very much and have a nice day. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello dear friends. Sorry for not uploading any audio before. I was busy in some work school work so kindly forgive for that so today we're gonna talk about comparison of adjective earlier in the previous lesson we talked about the kinds of adjective and its definition we got to know what is adjective adjective is a quality and then we got to know the kinds of adjectives now we're gonna talk about the comparison of adjective which actually aligns us to the topic of degrees of adjective so in English grammar we have three degrees first one is absolute degree second is the comparative and the third one is the superlative degree most of the time The people make the comparative degree by adding ER to the last of the absolute degree. What's an absolute degree? Absolute degree is a quality for one person or for the whole of the class. But it's a quality only. It's not for comparison. It's generally a quality for every single person. But when we talk about the comparative form, it is generally used when we compare two people or things. Lots of comparative adjectives and in -er, like small, smaller, bright, brighter, cheap, cheaper, clear, clearer, loud, louder, new, newer, old. Older, Rich, Richer, Short, Shorter, Tall, Taller, Slow, Slower, Thick, Thicker. All these words have taken ear at last to make their comparatives. In their basic form, they are known as absolute degree. Whenever we use a comparative degree, the word than is often used. For example, you might say, a sports car is faster uh, than a motorbike. A sports car is one thing and a motorbike is the second thing. So, we already mentioned, when we use a comparative degree, we talk about two things one is a sports car and the second one is a motorbike. So thus the sentence is, a sports car is faster than a motorbike. Then comes the use of superlative. The use of superlative form of an adjective to compare three or more nouns is possible. Which means superlative degree will be used in the case we co- make a comparison between three things or more than three things. Lots of superlatives and in EST. That means at the end of the superlative form we add EST. For example, dark will have its comparative degree darker and will have its Superlative degree Darkest Then Thick Will be the Absolute degree Thicker Will be the Comparative degree And thickest Will be the Superlative degree There would be many examples Clean Cleaner Cleanest Easy Easier Easiest See Here In some cases When the word ends with Y, suppose for example easy. Easy word ends in Y. Here we'll have to change Y into I and then we'll have to add ER and EST respectively to the comparatives and the superlative of the absolute degree. Then we have other examples like fat, fatter, fattest. Generally what happens is that we double the consonant in the comparative degree and the superlative degree when a consonant is having a wall before it. Like fat, f-e-t, fat. And we have to go for the sound rather than even the alphabet go for the sound you will get to know that what is uh, one consonant what is a wall so fat will have a wall sound before it as there is a wall before T then we'll have to double the consonant uh, for comparative degree fat Fatter, double t-e-r, fatter, fattest, f-a-double-t-e-s-t. That means doubling the consonant is possible when a vowel sound is coming before the consonant. So, there are other examples to heavy, heavier, heaviest, hot, hotter, hottest. Narrow, narrower, narrowest. All these are examples of absolute, comparative, and the superlative degree. Now comes, like, basically, how we make the comparatives in the case when the word ends in E. Suppose the absolute degree is carrying E alphabet at the last, then it will take only R for the comparative and ST for the superlative. For example, close, closer, closest. Like the word close will have C-L-O-S-E. E E is already there so we have to add only R and ST for the superlative. Closest. Same for large, larger, largest, safe, safer, safest, wide, wider, widest. Some adjectives have only one syllable and with a consonant and have a single vowel before the consonant with these adjectives double the last letter as I told you earlier you have to double the consonant and then you have to write ER and EST to comparative and the superlative degree by doubling the last consonant then come some some adjectives have two syllables or end in Y with these you have to do the same thing as I told you that I-E-R and I-E-S-T you have to add okay but when some adjectives uh, you know uh, you can use more uh, to make the comparative form and the most to make the superlative form but which are those adjectives when the adjectives have uh, usually two or more syllables we add uh, more and most to them for example active 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 so we have two syllables so to make its comparative degree we'll have to just only add more and most to the absolute degree before Rather than using er and est at the last, what we do active, more active, and the most active. Charming, charming will be divided into charm, then ing. Then its comparative degree would be more charming and most charming. Cheerful, more cheerful, most cheerful. Comfortable, more comfortable most comfortable. The comparatives and the superlative forms of some adjectives are completely different words. So, which are those words? Good will have its comparative degree better and the superlative degree best. Good, better, best. Same for the word little. Little will have its comparative degree less and The superlative least. Same for other words like bad will have its comparative degree worse, W O R S E, and worst as its superlative degree, W O R S T. Bad words, worst. Few, few, less, least. Many, more, most. Much, more most with these adjectives you don't add er more to form the comparative or est or most to form the superlative no need to add simply you just have the different words so this was the lesson about the three degrees of adjective We'll talk more about the usage of the three degrees in the sentences. But firstly, we'll complete the section of the parts of speech uh, regarding the other parts of speech. Adverb, conjunction, preposition, interjection, all other parts of speech. Thank you and have a nice day. Take care.